Have you heard about the new handicapping and betting app that is sweeping the nation? It's called First Bet, and it puts the power of AI-assisted handicapping, seamless wagering, and live HD video in the palm of your hand. Thousands of bettors have already made First Bet their way to handicap, bet, and watch more than 300 of the world's top tracks. Isn't it time for you to join them? And when you give First Bet a try today, you can cash in on a huge welcome bonus. Sign up with promo code Sport of Kings, all one word, and you will get $10 just for joining as well as a 10% rebate, up to $500 for your first 30 days. With that much free cash on the line, what do you have to lose? Get started at first.com slash bet. That's number one, st.com slash bet. And don't forget promo code Sport of Kings when you sign up. And if you already have an ExpressBet account, you're way ahead of the game. Simply log into FirstBet using your username and password, and you're off to the races. Up to 18 years or older and 21 years old in certain states to open an account with FirstBet and reside in the state where such activity is legal, void to prohibit National Gambling Support Line 800-522-4700. The biggest and best of the Northwest just got even better. Introducing the all-new Muckleshoot Rewards Program with three tiers and extraordinary benefits. Play with your Muckleshoot Rewards card to earn points for free play and qualify for dining discounts, gifts, and much more. The more you play, the more you earn. Enjoy more benefits than ever before with the new Muckleshoot Rewards Program. Muckleshoot Casino, the biggest and best in the Northwest. One furlong to go. Company's Dream tries to stymie the bid of its turbos up the inside. Company's Dream, its turbo surging late. Here comes the winning line. Company's Dream and its turbo. It got really close there at the end. Horse Racing Northwest from Emerald Downs. Joe Withy, Vince Brune, and track announcer Bill Downs. The silent Bill Downs over there right now, Vince. But word is Bill can emit verbal enunciation audible yeah that's think you'll notice he's back up to well let's say 90 percent strength yes very good bill (laughs) all ready to go we gave bill uh a few words off he called all the races last weekend no problem there but i think if you're a it was a problem (laughs) it was a problem (laughs) it was a problem but uh sometimes you gotta play uh, you know not hurt but uh you know not uh sounding my best if i wasn't feeling my best and not sounding my best i might have might have let uh dean call the races but i was feeling fine but the voice wasn't up to snuff but i just try to do the best i can and uh but uh i wouldn't want to do that every weekend yeah yeah we gave you a few words off on other announcements but uh Bill made it through, and he's doing a lot better for this upcoming two-day weekend at Emerald Downs. You heard the audio of Company's Dream winning the feature race on Sunday. Uh, Kevin Radke aboard for trainer Vince Gibson, Company's Dream owned by the Lusk family, now two for two. And, uh, you know, guys, Kevin won that nose victory Sunday, and on our opening day, he had that nose victory aboard Palaco. Both those horses, uh, desperate nose at the end. But first of the wire, won the race, and uh, that's made a little difference in the paycheck of Kevin Radke for the first three days. Yeah, and then make mention of its Turbo, who ran great in defeat. Yeah. You know, Company's Dream kind of got loose on the lead. Ice Tower didn't have a good start, though I thought would show some speed. 
Uh, Gold Rush Jr. ended up doing the d- dirty work, but uh, Company's Dream got the tr- got a clear lead, and it's turbo though. I thought ran uh, great in defeat in that uh, in that allowance optional claiming race. Yeah, he was a good two year old last year, and looking to be a good three year old this year. Um, we'll get some facts and figures from Vince uh, in just a moment, but let's just go over this weekend some particulars. It's Preakness weekend in the world of thoroughbred racing. Emerald Downs jumping right in there. Preakness Friday, gates open at 8 a.m. for simulcasters. And Saturday, Preakness Day, gates open at 7 a.m. here at Emerald Downs. The Preakness scheduled for 4 o'clock in the afternoon. Um, It's Teacher Appreciation Weekend at Emerald Downs. And that means if you have a a teacher, a school district ID, you're going to get in for free and a guest, yourself and a guest, if you're a school district employee. And that is both Saturday and Sunday. And there's another little perk for teachers in there as well. If you attend the races here at Emerald Downs this weekend, weather's going to be good. Dancing at the Downs on Saturday night. It's the name of the live band is Prom Date Mixtape. Prom Date Mixtape from 8 to 11 p.m. on the fifth floor. You can get your tickets at emeralddowns.com. I'll be there. Okay. Yeah, you've, uh, you're kind of holding court there right at the door, meeting people and uh, getting the tickets scanned and everything. That is correct, yeah. Yeah, so that's uh, 7 p.m. The gates open up there on the fifth floor, or the, the floor opens, and then music from 8 to 11 p.m. for our Dancing at the Downs. We'll have another Dancing at the Downs on Belmont Stakes Saturday. I believe that's June 10th. So the great outdoor giveaway is just a weekend away. And again, we're going to race on Monday, Memorial Day this year, May 27th, 28th, and 29th. Racing at Emerald Downs, Saturday, Sunday, Monday. Great outdoor giveaway. We're going to have several prizes each day. I know one of the prizes is a really nice smoker, a pit boss pellet smoker. One of those to be given away all three days. You little meat cooker. Bill? Uh, yes, believe oh, it or right. not, I do have a barbecue back home in, in Pennsylvania, though I don't get to use it too often. <laughs> <laughs> I did use it uh, a couple times before uh, shipping out the, this uh, year. Uh, so I hear a smoker. I know my girlfriend wants to, wants to get one, but uh, haven't done one yet. I uh, haven't bought one yet. But uh, yeah, that's, yeah, that's a great, great little prize there. Wipe the snow off back there and pennsylvania it was it was it was warm it was uh, you know it wasn't that bad it's just like here uh, not like here for goodness sakes i I don't know where you got these 80s from and the 90 degree weather in may but uh wasn't it was a very mild winter uh, in in pittsburgh this year okay all right and uh we did have a training day today you can catch that on youtube emerald downs youtube channel training day from may 18th and one of the racing club horses was on the training day report. Vince Brune. Yeah, it's Gatalicious. Three-year-old filly who we got down in Phoenix. She ran a, I thought, a good third against uh, a pretty good filly in Ms. Flashy Harbor. Considering she had a couple issues, the rider lost the crop into the stretch. She missed the break, and then she had a horse stop in front of her right on the turn. She might have gotten second. No one was going to issues. Yeah, no one was going to win, so... Uh, no one's going to beat Miss Flashy Arbor, but I think she might be okay. And she seems to have bounced out of the race pretty good. Yeah. Good. Yeah. Jeff Metz trainee, Scatalicious. 
And uh, news and notes are up. Is that the first one of the year? They are up, yeah. Uh, Emeralddowns.com under the news section. And uh, we'll do a new one every Thursday throughout the racing season. And there's just a ton of great stuff in there. Uh, Go over what some of that is that you do every week. Well, just the leaders in all the different categories. You know, jock, trainer, owner, every horse that's won a race. Buyer speed. Buyers, yes. A lot of people are interested in those. And then... uh, Winning sires, and yeah. then uh, where the horses were bred, and our weekly honors, which we'll talk about in a second, and okay. some of usually a few couple notes down at the bottom. I yeah. noticed uh, favorites won fourteen of the twenty-six races over the first three. That's days. right, and I think they were ten for nineteen uh, last week. So favorites are doing well. That I, happens a lot early in the season. Sure, and uh, yeah, something you know had a few shorter fields on opening day. I, you know, doing uh, the morning line for Saturday, um, there's going to be uh, some tough races uh, uh, this weekend. I haven't done Sunday yet, but Saturday is real tough. There's a, a just an outstanding uh, race B and Bill we're talking about. I'm going to try and pick the winner of that 25 race. claimer. And, oh, I will too. Okay. You know, put it this way. It was an 11-horse field with a 3-to-1 morning line shot. You know, if you can get missed the boat at 3-to-1 around here... That's usually a pretty good uh, price for a horse that's so consistent, but that's a tough spot. Uh, There's a horse uh, we talked about, Clayton Delaney, coming in from stakes races for the Jeff Metz barn. Looks pretty interesting. And uh, just a a stacked lineup. You know, capital expense, Cody's Choice, they always have a lot of speed around this track. And uh, I think Muncie's in there. He's kind of a venerable Kind of a good claimer. Gold Rush Candy's training well. Yeah. Up from Phoenix. Uh, fantastic day. Fantastic day has a great record at this track. So, yeah, it's uh, it's a very deep field. Yeah. Okay. And uh, Candy Kreiderman, trainer of Miss the Boat, is going to join us here on Horse Racing Northwest in segment number two. Matt Johnson's also going to join us on this show. Matt, uh, former sports producer at KJR, he, then he got a job with the Seahawks. First season with the Seahawks, they went to the Super Bowl back in 05. Not bad. Against uh, that Steeler team. Uh-oh. That won in Detroit. And uh, Matt also has worked for the Sounders. He attends the World Cup uh, every four years with his brother, I know, wherever it might be held. Well, we don't have to travel far for the yeah. next one. That's right. The part oh. of it will be right here. I'm sure he's excited. Well, Seattle Matt, and Vancouver. Vancouver as well? Oh, yeah. Okay. Matt, uh, good friends with Dory Monson, worked the uh, the Seahawk pregame and postgame shows. And uh, Dory was a good friend of his. We're going to have a Dory Monson memorial purse on Saturday here at Emerald Downs. And uh, friends and family are going to be out. Uh, we're going to play a little couple excerpts from his memorial, which was basically held for close friends and family. And uh, Dory was a big race fan. So we're going to hear from Matt Johnson on that. And yeah, a uh, little bit more back to uh, stats early on. Blaine Wright, how about it? Four back. Five for nine yeah. to start the meet and uh, four wins on Sunday. Four wins on Sunday. Blaine had done that five years ago back in 2018. Yeah, it, it looked on paper like Blaine was going to have a good day, and uh, and he did. Uh, yeah, and five wins for the for the week, so outstanding. So, he, you know, do that. That's pretty hard not to get trainer of the week, right? Exactly. Our jockey of the week, this is actually for the first three race days, would be Kevin Radke. Kevin off to another good start here with six wins. Our owner of the week, how about this guy, Howard Hammer, Rema Racing. 
those black and red silks we've seen here for so many years. A couple wins for Howard last week. Still going strong, Joe. At, at 103. Uh, at 103. And then our Wabred of the week is Feather in the Wind. We could have made it uh, two of them. How about this for Steve Meredith? He bred back-to-back full siblings to victories last Sunday with Feather in the Wind and Frank's Fix-It. I did not notice that. Yeah, that's, I didn't either until going over one. the charts, and that's a real oddity. So that is. That's uh, quite an accomplishment uh, for Steve. And uh, Feather in the Wind's a real, a real fast filly, right? You bet. Uh, and uh, yeah, she's. I think that's her third win. And Frank's Fix It's been a pretty hard knocker around here, and uh, I struggled with that morning line on that one. I think I made him ten and. He went off at five to two and won like eight to five. Um, you know, I thought I had done my work on that race too. That I did not think the race he was coming out of was that powerful. Uh, Frank Fixit, he was coming off a win, but I apparently was wrong there. I just remember him last year winning his first race he of did. the season. So. Yeah, and that's good. a big factor around here. That's a good point. Bill. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, but after that, he wasn't no, stellar. Didn't, he didn't win. No. He didn't win after that. I don't yeah. believe last year. So at least at Emerald. Yeah, and that was a, a real. And again, uh, that was. Uh, Candy, uh, Crayon, yeah. who we'll have on. and uh, But anyway, great job by Steve Meredith. You, know, you, you mentioned that, Joe. I also Steve. overlooked it, and uh, that's hard to do. And raised a secret, the Sire had a couple of wins last week as well, and I believe a second is also. Uh, so he really did well. And you know, we just do not have that many Sires in Western Washington right now with the passing of conveyance, especially. Um, there's Coast Guard Barkley, and raised a secret at El Dorado. There's Gold Rush Dancer at the Pabst Farm. And other than that, that that's pretty obscure. Debbie Pabst, of course, and Rick, they lost conveyance uh, a few weeks ago. Um, but they do plan on getting another one in there. So that's great. Blaine Wright, he's been our leading stakes trainer five of the last six years. He tied one year there with Kay Cooper. But uh, so our first stake... Is June 18th, I believe, Vince. I that is that. correct. We okay. got, I think, that doubleheader with, is it the Seattle and yeah. the Auburn? So the three-year-old Phillies and the three-year-old Colts and Geldings. Uh, speaking of that, uh, I would say, just off the top of my head, Aloha Breeze oh, yeah. looks like a pretty good candidate for the Seattle Stakes. Yep. That was quite a display of speed. I mean, she was three to five. She was supposed to win, especially after a couple of scratches. But boy, that second quarter she ran, that kind of was one of those eye-openers where, you know, uh, this horse is serious, has some serious speed. Yeah, Bill, you were impressed by that, as everybody was. Yeah, it was five and a half. You know, first quarter, 21 and four, not that fast. But the, as Vince mentioned, that second quarter, 44.52. So it's um, uh, almost like a 22 and three second quarter there. That's that's when you know you got some pretty good speed when you can follow up a, a sub 22 with a 22 and change. I, after that race and maybe a few hours, I'm thinking, you know, here's a stakes winner at age two. Uh, really good two-year-old filly who has debuted better than that as a three-year-old after coming off a good year like that. You know, sometimes you see newcomers, Maybe but that stop was... stop shopping Debbie might have. Or... Yeah, but, you know, you can't get much more impressive than a lot No, that race. was... That was, you know, I think the buyer. Stop shopping, Debbie never lost a race here. Right, and I think the buyer came back seventy-one for Aloha yeah, Breeze, which sounds is about right. Do you? I thought it should have probably been a little bit higher. Yeah, you know, I certainly so. it was a career high. You know, and of course last year she's you know campaigning at two. That horse that beat her down in Phoenix too. You know, when she ran second in that stake, that's a serious race horse. I think it's five seven, for six this year, isn't it? Yeah, and I, five for six, yeah, something like that. I think it's uh, can, seven for nine lifetime okay. with over two hundred thousand. Yeah. So uh, 
you know, uh, Mr. Wenzel and his man, uh, George, Dr. George Sodaro and his manager, Bob Capaletti, they're loaded. Yeah. They've got a lot of two-year-olds too and some well-bred ones. So yeah, Wenzel, Wenzel's barn, great start there with Aloha Breeze. Okay. And, uh, didn't mention our post time, 2 p.m., which most of you are aware. 2 p.m. Saturday and Sunday each day, Teacher Appreciation Weekend at Emerald Downs. We also have that great low takeout on pick threes and daily doubles. 10% takeout on doubles and pick threes for this year at Emerald Downs. Uh, Indian Relay Weekend isn't all that far off, June 16th through the 18th. The 18th will be the Indian Relay championships it'll be our first two stakes of the season for the thoroughbreds and it'll also be father's day so that's going to be a big day there um okay check emeralddowns.com news and notes for all that updated information and more so let us take a break we'll come back with trainer candy kreiderman here on horse racing northwest Have you heard about the new handicapping and betting app that is sweeping the nation? It's called First Bet, and it puts the power of AI-assisted handicapping, seamless wagering, and live HD video in the palm of your hand. Thousands of bettors have already made First Bet their way to handicap, bet, and watch more than 300 of the world's top tracks. Isn't it time for you to join them? And when you give First Bet a try today, you can cash in on a huge welcome bonus. Sign up with promo code SPORTOFKINGS, all one word, and you will get $10 just for joining, as well as a 10% rebate, up to $500 for your first 30 days. With that much free cash on the line, what do you have to lose? Get started at first.com slash bet. That's number one, st.com slash bet. And don't forget promo code Sport of Kings when you sign up. And if you already have an ExpressBet account, you're way ahead of the game. Simply log into FirstBet using your username and password and you're off to the races. Up to 18 years or older and 21 years old in certain states to open an account with FirstBet and reside in the state where such activity is legal, void or prohibited. National Gambling Support Line 800-522-4700. One furlong to go. Frank's fix it. And a stubborn does a lot. These two headed head through the stretch. And Mama Call Me Boo on the grandstand side with new every morning. Frank's fix it. Mama Call Me Boo. Frank's fix it. Victorious. That was Frank's fix it winning off the bench on Sunday at Emerald Downs. Uh, good score from an outside post. And Candy Kreiderman had a couple of wins last weekend. On Sunday, that is. Candy joining us on Horse Racing Northwest. Candy, good afternoon. Hello. Hey, good to have you on. Uh, you're coming off a really good season here at Emerald Downs. 27 wins last year. You won at 22%, fourth in the standings. Congratulations on that, first of all. Thank you so much. Um, the, definitely a team effort. It was We had a good year. Yeah, you sure did. Uh what about the makeup of your stable this year? Similar to last year? Uh, similar to last year, I have, um, I think, a few more um, youngsters than I had last year. Um, but I've got some good claiming horses. Um, I think that we'll be fine. We just need, you know, a few of them had time off and have just come back in. And I have a few ready to run right now that I'm looking for races for. So I think it, I think it will be as good of a year or better, I hope. Yeah. Um, and with John Parker as your owner, you have to be ready for new horses in the barn, new personalities, new sizes and shapes, don't you? Oh, my. Yeah. I mean, that's one of the things I tell the 
tell my grooms is, you know, don't get overly attached to them <laughs> because we, you know, we run to win and then we'll get you another one when we lose that one. So, um, yeah, no doubt. Yeah. Uh, John has been our leading owner five of the last seven seasons, you know. That's, that's pretty amazing. Uh, it is. It is, Candy. And it's Vince here. When you guys won two on Sunday, just looking at the media guy, you know, John, that tied him, moved him up in a third place tie all time now on the Emerald Downs owners list with 177. I know a, a whole bunch of them have been for you. Yeah, that's what, that's such an accomplishment for him. I mean, all these years that he's put in all this time and money with these horses and and um, I'm really glad to see it happening for him. Yeah, that that's a, a heck of a figure. Yeah, he has just jumped way up the list, and he continues to support Emerald Downs. Uh, just a very generous man in so many areas as well. Uh, you know, we're rooting for yeah. you because we root for John a lot, Candy. I mean, I'm not trying to put you in second place or anything, but so many people root for John because of his generosity and and. Uh, you have to get those horses ready and place them in the right spots. And yeah. Yes, I do. <laughs> a tad, tad bit of pressure. <laughs> what about John's John's oh, input as a uh, owner? I mean, he he claims him. He pays the bills. Uh, what about his input on different areas of uh, racing and entering and so forth? He's there. Yeah, he's extremely intelligent. Um, he, of course, he he sees it differently than I do sometimes. Um, we, you know, I'll, I'll explain my position on where I want to run a horse and why. And usually with me, it's, I, I want to run this horse here for now because I know you can win a couple with them and then, you know, we can drop them, but let's win with them first. And sometimes he's about cash flow, right. And, um, the business side of it. And he's like, well, we need cash flow, and so here's what we're going to do. So I, I think we work well together, but he's very intelligent, and he, you know, he can read a form like no one, and, and he's picked out some really good horses in the past. We've picked out some bad ones also, um, but we've picked out good claiming horses, and, and he's very good at that. Kenny, you got a couple in on uh, Saturday, Cielo Diamante and Miss the Boat. Missed the boat uh, was great here at Emerald Downs last season. I always thought Cielo Diamante was a, a pretty nice filly. She didn't win at Emerald Downs last year, but she ran a couple of bang-up uh, runner-up finishes. Talk about both of them. You know, Missed the boat obviously is uh, one that uh, Emerald Downs handicappers know a whole lot about, considering right. that he won plenty of races, even though he's in a very tough spot with a big, big field in, in, in Saturday's eighth race. But uh, Cielo Diamante and Missed the boat are uh, your two in on Saturday. So CeeLo, um, we brought up last year from Golden Gate. We claimed her at Golden Gate, and we ran, I believe, a couple races with her. And then she had an accident in the barn and was kind of sidelined for a while. We did bring her back, and she just wasn't quite the same. So we, we gave her some rest and sent her back down to Lanzini for the winter. Um, I, I believe she's in good form now. She's training beautifully. She did. She did very well at Golden Gate. We weren't willing to drop her there because I wanted her for up here. She is a Washington bred. Um, and she's just a tough, you know, she's bred by Griffin Place. And she's a tough, tough little horse. Um, it's not very big, but she usually will give it everything she's got. So I'm looking forward to running her um, here 
for sure, because I think that she liked this track. When she ran healthy last year on this track, she did very well. So I feel like we're probably in a good spot tomorrow. And Miss the Boat, yes. he's just a hard-knocking true horse. We gave him a lot of time, well-deserved time off. And I've had, I mean, he's been ready since opening day. I just haven't really been able to find the right fit for him. You know, he needs, he's not a workhorse in the morning at all. He, you know, he just kind of looks around and he'll put whatever he has to put into it just to get through the work. So I feel like this horse probably will work himself into shape. But we'll see, I guess, on Sunday, won't we? Yes. <laughs> yeah. You know, he's just been an easy horse to root for. And I'm sure other trainers don't like to see him in the same race because he just is a great competitor at any distance. And, you know, Javier Matias, uh, I'm looking at the stats. He's done really well for you the last year and a half or so. Yeah, I use Javier a lot. He is a great asset to our barn. And, um, um we, you know, I, I use a lot of riders, but I use Javier a lot. Javier also works for me in the morning and I'm blessed to have him. Mm -hmm. He, he, uh, he is so great with the young horses. He builds great confidence and, um, he can work anything and he's really smart out there and he can stay on just about anything. So big bonus for me to have him in the morning. Okay, yeah, Javier Matias. And you do use, with the number of horses you start, you know, you're going to use a lot of different jockeys. Uh, um, what uh, what are come, some of your go-tos then other than Javier? Oh, definitely um, Kevin Radke, mm -hmm. Alex Cruz. Um, I don't, I don't, um, the, I'll, I'll use the Louis, Luis Negron. I'll probably use him. I used him once already on Mr. Midas and really liked him. Um, um, I'm, I'd like to use the little bug girl. She sticks around. She, she looks like she can ride a little. I'm always looking. We didn't have a bug rider here last year, and I think it would be great if she can hang in here for a little bit. But yeah, so, you know, Kevin Racky, I miss Juan Gutierrez. He was, he was always a very, very much a go-to one for me. And, um, of course he did not come back this year. So yeah. I, 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 sorry about that. I, I, I like to get the best rider I can on my horse. Right. So, um, you know, I have this little tear thing in my mind and different riders fit ho different horses. So, but I, as a rider, I want to win races. Yep. Candy, I know one of the exciting things, too, last year for you and John was uh, the, the development of the Gold Rush Dancers, which, of course, John won the mile with and has now made a stallion, which is very difficult to do. And uh, how are the Gold Rush uh, Dancer progeny coming along in your barn this year? I think really well. They, the ones, my two-year-olds from last year, I turned out and they came back and they're, you know, they're kind of just now getting into shape and I... I take my time with them, um, you know, and I, if they're not ready on opening day, they're not ready on opening day. We'll, we will definitely get there. Um, I've, I think I have some very nice babies. Um, again, by Gold Rush Dancer, I'm hoping. Um, I like the looks of them. They're working well in the morning. So um, I think it could be another good baby year for Gold Rush also. So um, he, he produces a beautiful looking athlete and, um, um, hopefully they continue to run like they did last year. Yeah, that was a great first crop for him. Uh, and you got 
his first stakes winner, Annette Marie. That, yes. Uh, that, made, yes. that made everybody happy at the barn, including John. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, it's always nice to win a stake race sometime during the year, right? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Well, what about your help, too? You know, I know Lisa and Shelly are over there a lot. Um, and, you know, is it is it tough? Well, talk about them. And then also the fact that uh, you do have horses leave that you guys put so much uh, TLC into over there. Right. Um, I, I have great help. Lisa Martin's been with me for, I don't even, I must be five or six years. And um, she is, she, she is, very hardworking, knowledgeable person that I probably could not do this without with this many horse weeks. Great. When she's not here, just the, just doing our order of go in the morning is extremely difficult. And I, I had to do it one day here, and I think we had something to go like, you never get another day off. Hmm. <laughs> um it's crazy. It's crazy how she does it, but you know, she's so good at it. I guess it's a lot easier than it is for me. Um, Shelly Nicholas, who is a really dear friend of mine and a client also comes down. We call her the assistant to the assistant and <laughs> she comes down and is a great help. Um, she keeps the grooms, you know, in, in saddle towels and girth covers and kind of organizes tack for them and will help She'll just help do anything um, that we need her to do. So we have horses that have we have horses that have to be hand walked. When we have really naughty horses on the walker, I they just go on the walker. It's just not worth the risk of them getting hurt. And so we actually hand walk a lot of horses, and um, so we keep her really busy too. And then my grooms are great. I have excellent, excellent grooms this year, and um, um, couldn't do it without them either. So you know, really, it's a it's a huge. It's a huge team effort every single day, and every horse, even if it's the $2,500 one, right, gets the same care. So we we just work really hard to do the best that we can. And they do get attached to them. And um, one of the guys I've had that's been with me a long time, um, Jesus Martinez, he loves Frank Fix-It and was so thrilled that we bought Frank's fix it back right i mean mm-hmm. he was just like over the moon he didn't believe me at first <laughs> and when he showed up he was like oh this is you know so great so happy so we do we really do get attached to them but we we always know we always know when it's time to let them go right for one reason or another and and i always know that they're going to get claimed i know when i drop them usually that they'll be gone yeah that's a part of the game you've got to live with and you certainly yep. Uh, probably get as many claimed as anybody uh, at the track. So. Including Correct. one last week, uh, Candy. I know you had a nice comebacker, Queen Breezy, won pretty easy and uh, was claimed away, but that was a nice one too. Well, yeah, we were so excited. Queen Queen Breezy, we call her Ellen in the barn. Hmm. Um, she will always have a really special place in all of our hearts. She is not the easiest really to be around, and um, she's... She she has a lot of personality. She holds a grudge. Um, she doesn't like Lisa because Lisa medicates. And so she'll see Lisa <laughs> coming and run to the back of her stall. We always have to help her catch catch her. But, yeah, she. we were sorry to see her go, but it was time. And she. I wanted to get the win with her for sure. 
so I was, you know, kind of strategically placing her and, um, she won and that was nice. Alex won on her. Um, I remember the first time he worked her when he got up here this year, I think he worked her five eighths. I actually had to work her off the best list. I had already done that, but I worked her five eighths and he comes around the corner and he says, she's back. <laughs> I'm like, well, that's good <laughs> because she's going to run next week. So, um, yeah, it was, it was, you know, I think I've had her three years and it was, that's a hard one to see go, but we were well prepared. As a matter of fact, Lisa and I had sat in the office and I said, here's where I'm going to run her. She will be gone. And Lisa mm. says, yeah, it's probably time. And I'm like, yeah, it probably is. She is six for 15 at Emerald Down. So yeah, you guys have had a whole lot of success with Queen Breezy. Right. We have a lot of pictures on my wall of her for sure. Yeah. Well, Candy, you're the boss over there. You've got, uh, You've got the weight on your shoulders and a great season last year. Off to a good start this year. Uh, always good to, to chat with you. Uh, always a lot of great information. So thanks for joining well, thank us. Thank you so much for letting me be a part of your program. Hey, thank you, Candy. See you, this, right. see you at the track. Yep, I'll be there. Candy Kreiderman joining us on Horse Racing Northwest. Thanks to Candy. And, you know, she mentioned Alex Cruz, one of her uh, go-to riders as well. Uh, I saw Alex coming in the jocks room yesterday, or yesterday, last Saturday, and he hadn't won a race yet, and he, he wasn't happy at all, <laughs> um, you know, because a lot of other guys are piled up a few multiple wins here and there. And uh, I'm thinking, I kind of snickered. I hope he didn't hear me, but I was pretty close to him because he was, you know, and he went out and, he, of course, he won the next race on Saturday, and then he won three more on Sunday. So he's right there in the mix as well. He really wants that four straight I'm title, sure. as we've talked about. You know, very competitive. You know, to be a leading rider, you got to be a competitive guy because you ride a lot of races and a lot of class levels and deal with a lot of people, and they expect you to ride hard each and every time you're out there. And Alex certainly does. He He's a friend of the owners, trainers, and uh, the betters. He's, he is a trier. Yeah, and... Uh, Radke won uh, 6 out of 25, so 24%. Negron was right at that mark as well with five wins. Alex Cruz, 20%. Silvio Amador, 25%. He's good, too. And as Bill was talking this morning, we got a much better jocks room than last year. Yep. Uh, Alexis Valdez, 31%. Yeah. I mean, you can go seven deep, I think, this year. Mm -hmm. Legit, you know, uh, jockeys that are that know how to ride for yeah, sure montalvo's a very accomplished rider. yeah and yeah. isaiah enriquez is uh you know former riding champion here yeah and, you know these these are these are Alec, alexis valdez looks like he's going to be one of the main guys for george rosales yep. our defending training champion so that That's makes huge. him you know in the forefront too so yeah it's uh i wouldn't bet against alex cruz but i think it's going to be pretty tough this year he's Definitely. gonna have to earn it and how about Montalvo getting into the Wenzel barn early in the season? That's... You know, Tom is pretty interesting that way yeah. in that, you know, look at his mile winner. Uh, Jose Zanino wins a lot of races around it, but he's not one of the guys you think is the top guy. He used to use a guy like Lorenzo Lopez a lot. Not one of the top guys, but certainly successful, you know, yeah. when, when Tom uses him. So Tom's a, Tom's a thinker, as you know, and uh, he's got a reason. He, you heard Candy mention certain guys fit certain horses. You know, I think maybe that's what Tom does with some of these guys, too. And I'll say it again. Uh, he helped get Rocco Bowen started here as well. He put him on uh, um, the Son of Makers, Makers finale. Yeah, to the win derby. the derby when yeah. 
Booger Mitchell was injured, and and he taught Rocco that you got to do your homework when you go out to that paddock. You got to you know be able to pass a pop quiz on what's going to happen in that race. You know, you can't, the gates can't just open and then you fly into action. You got to have a plan. When is uh, Rocco going to be back? I know he's not riding here, but I you know, saw he's him in the popular. quarter shoot a couple weeks ago. Right, he, he was, was visiting. Here. He said June first. Okay, which Great. sounded a little ambitious. You know, you see a guy with a walker there, but I would not uh, <laughs> be surprised with Rocco at all. You know, okay. so but th- yeah, I think that's the plan here. A couple weeks. Good. Yeah, those jockeys are, are tough, and uh, uh, they uh, come back a little sooner than doctors' orders uh, a lot. And their- doctors will tell you, jockeys are remarkably fit athletes who then do tend to heal faster than you or I might. You bet. Okay. So thanks to Candy. Um, just before we take a short break, uh, the Preakness is Saturday again at Emerald Downs on Saturday. Gates open at 7 a.m. for simulcasters. The Pimlico card starts at 7.30. The Preakness goes at 4 p.m., race number 13. And, uh, you know, only eight horses in the Preakness. Uh, the Derby winner is back, Mage. The only horse out of the Derby? Is that correct? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. That, uh, that's, I got it. That's going to be part of my sports short coming up later. But uh, yeah, first mission won the Lexington. Uh, has got two straight wins since his maiden victory. He's like just the three career races starting in mid February. So I can't really go against Mage, seeing as how, how I could picked you? him in the Derby. Um, I'd be looking for a, a price there in the exacta. Um, perform intrigues me a little bit in that uh, he won his first start against winners. It took him a while to get his maiden, but not a lot of those were longer races. Now he's won two straight at a mile and 40, a mile and an eighth. He won the Tessio, which is kind of the local prep there in Maryland for the Preakness um 15 to 1 morning line he's also by good magic same sire as mage bill did you take a look at the preakness yeah you know baffert's got national treasure putting the blinkers on the rail expecting velasquez to send you know first mission for godolphin probably want to interest me and brad cox seems to win every race uh, across (laughs) america so uh probably those are the two if i'm going to try and beat uh the derby winner okay you, didn't, you don't have time to look at it. I haven't Not looked yet. at it much. I'll, I'll throw out kind of a goofball. I, you know, a horse I liked in Arkansas this spring and lost money on. I did see him schooling, I think, yesterday, and he's a good-looking horse, Red Route 1. Okay. Uh, but, again, the style is maybe not favorable. Uh, Deep closer. Yeah, yeah. And, and I guess, you know, maybe with Mage, Joe, is that a little bit of a concern for you? Yeah. Um, he did get squeezed out at the start. He actually broke out of the gate fine in the derby which he didn't in his previous two races in florida but then he immediately got the sandwich job from inside and outside of him which dropped him back a little bit castellano jj got him right over to the rail and then he you know of course he just had the horse to move on the outside but uh i don't think he's necessarily a horse that has to be way back there and i i i wouldn't think it you know in with only eight runners this time around so, uh, but he certainly can pass horses. We've seen a, a lot of passing by him. It looks like the weather's fine back there too. It? Okay. Yeah. Um, it might be a little bit of rain though. Is Saturday. that right? Yeah. It was nice today, but yeah, it can it's change It's going to be great, great to tomorrow, Friday, and then Saturday they're like, well, afternoon shower or some okay. sort. So we'll see. You never know at Pimlico. By the way, it was kind of fun watching Javier, you just mentioned Javier Castellano and his little children yeah. were so 
you know, overcome with emotion. And there's still some, you know, we get old and jaded, but there's still some heartwarming moments like that when you see that in the race. That was pretty cool, I thought. And and uh, Gustavo Delgado, I'd known a lot about him, but winning the Kentucky Derby, you know, smaller operation like that. And you can just see the tremendous emotion of the moment, you know, winning the Kentucky Derby. That's, uh, doesn't get any better than that. Yeah, Castellano, uh, you know, he's won two and won two among top jocks in New York for a lot of years. But was over 15. And that weighs on, got a weighs on a guy's mind a little bit, you know, and then kind of when you least expect it, pow, he gets the win. So that was kind of, that was kind of a neat deal. Pretty big feather in your cap to win the Kentucky Derby as a uh, Eclipse Award winning veteran jockey, you bet. Okay, we're going to come back with Matt Johnson and more. We have our sports shorts, some selections, and trivia as well. We'll return on Horse Racing Northwest. Buckle shoot? Yes! Yes! It doesn't matter what you do or where you're coming from. What you do is all at Muckleshoot Casino. Let the spinning wheel go round and the night go on. Moments you'll never forget. You're always going to have fun. What you do is all at Muckleshoot. Muckleshoot. And I was thinking about what I wanted to say about Dory and... Dory's one of the few, if probably only friend that I look up to. Like, just think about it. When you're a friend, you're just a friend, right? I mean, they're just guys or girls. But Dory was different. We looked up to him. Um, we, we would, uh, when you spend, not, by the way, that's another thing. We, we would spend nine hours hip to hip every Sunday for every Seahawk game. We did three-hour pre, we did the game, we did a three-hour post-game show. Man, you gotta love and genuinely like somebody to spend nine hours the whole time next to them. And I was thinking about what, what made me think about why did I look up to Dory? Why did I put him in that role? And, and the first one was, man, it was his work ethic. Now, I've never seen a guy where I couldn't outwork, I could not outwork Dory Monson. That was Paul Moyer of Cairo Radio and, of course, an ex-Seattle Seahawk who worked with Dory Monson for many years at Cairo and doing the pre- and post-game show on Seahawk games. And uh, Paul was part of the memorial service for the Monson family and a lot of friends as well. And one of his friends in the year, and and by the way, I think I mentioned earlier on the show that... uh, Saturday, we are going to have a Dory Monson Memorial Purse at Emerald Downs. Dory was a really big race fan and his good buddy. Joining us on Horse Racing Northwest right now, Matt Johnson. Matt, good afternoon. Hey, Joe. Thanks so much for having me on. And and you just introducing me just brought back a lot of emotion because Paul was extraordinary in his, um, you know, in his tribute to Dory that afternoon at the Celebration of Life. And and Dory was, uh, he was many things. Not only am I lucky enough to call him a close friend, but he could outwork you. I mean, it was, it was great to produce for him. I met him in 2005 when I started with the Seahawks, and, and I had no problem with, uh, with the host or no thought process that the host wouldn't be, um, he wouldn't be ready. He, mm-hmm. he would have done his homework. He would have done everything to be prepared because Dory was going to outwork everybody. Yeah, that has come out with 
so many of his uh, friends and acquaintances. And uh, yeah, just an intense guy, um, but really knowledgeable and, uh, you know, had a love of sports. Uh, so much came out uh, when Dory did pass, unfortunately, last December. Uh, his basketball coaching career culminating in a state championship for the Shorecrest girls and uh, his three daughters. Uh, boy, let's start right there. He, he uh, was a real family man. And uh, you tell us about Dory. What did you love about him? Well, you just nailed it. You know, I started with the professional side. I'll start with that because I, I went from KJR Sports to the Seahawks. And I'll never forget my that my first game that I produced was, I believe, August 9th, 2005. And at about August 4th, that, that early in that week, I freaked out. <laughs> I was thinking, I am so over my head. What am I doing? And I called Dory and I said, I got to be honest, I... I don't know what you want. I don't know what you need. I, I've never worked with you before. And he basically said, yeah, don't worry about it. Hmm. Yeah, don't, don't worry about it. We're fine. Everything's fine. Give me this, this, and this, and this, and, and we'll work together. And, and he called me right down, and I'd never heard one of the broadcasts. And from there, it was just trust. I just trusted him. And so um, it started as a professional relationship, and it quickly, Joe, I mean, it's just when you bond with a guy, and we bonded over – we didn't bond over a show, and we didn't bond. We never talked politics, and we never talked a show. We talked sports, and we talked life. And I just knew immediately that his wife, Suzanne, and his three daughters were A, B, C, and D. Hmm. And his work came right after, and sports came after that. And I was lucky enough just to talk Seahawks with him, and then it went into horse racing. I told him, um, I, I told him that I was, uh, I had a part, you know, a part. Uh, ownership of a horse with Susie Sourwine and and 19 others and and he couldn't believe it we just we took off with that horse friendship and we ended up going to the 2007 Breeders Cup together with my late father um and that was a thrill it, the highlight with Curlin coming around the corner there at Monmouth yeah. but still just traveling with him and things but he was a family guy he was a loyal guy uh, you couldn't find anybody uh, when my father was uh, getting sicker and sicker. I'd get a weekly phone call, if not more, from Dory, and it was it mm -hmm. meant a lot. It wasn't family; it was a good friend. So he was so much to me, and I miss him. Um, and and but horse racing, boy, he he could handicap the horses. And about once a month, we would uh, he would call and say, "Hey, you want to bring that pick six down?" <laughs> <laughs> and uh, we would try. We never hit a pick six together. Um, but we would handicap over the phone and boy, he was just such a pleasure to talk sports with and, and his family and just a well-rounded guy. A lot of people know him just by the radio, which is great, but he was so much more. Hey, uh, Matt, Vince here. Yeah. You know, you mentioned well-rounded. I remember Dory, probably this, Joe, this was probably in the early nineties. Him and Steve Kelly had a talk show, might've been on King back in the day. And that's kind of what when I first remember him and, uh, you know, he did sports, he did politics, um, he coached basketball, he raised family, um, pretty, pretty remarkable stuff for a man who was still relatively young. Absolutely. He was just taken off that King Vince, You nailed it. It was, I believe it was on King radio Yeah. and he and Steve Kelly, I heard some tapes of those. They played some tribute tapes of, of, of Dorian Steve, after Dory's passing and they were great. They were, they were young voices and Steve Kelly, I'm very friendly with and 
And, uh, boy, he was antagonistic, and Dory would get on some subject. But, Dory, there was a couple tapes I heard, Vince, where they had some kids on, and you could just hear Dory's voice inflection turn. He just loved being around it, and it also, to Joe's point, you know, coaching. He loved being a helper, which turned out to be a mentor, and he took the Shorecrest girls not only two state, but one state, and I know it was one of the joys of his life was helping these gals, and three of the girls, um, and I should say they're young ladies now, got up and spoke at the Celebration of Life, and it was moving mm-hmm. about, you know, new challenges they had and um, new questions they had for him, and who did they ask? They asked Dory. Um, not only was he intelligent, but he gave his opinion to friends. He gave his opinion in a soft manner of like, hey, take it or leave it, but here's what I think. You know, and that's, I don't know, in life, you know, it's, I'm, I'm in my mid-50s now. There's nothing wrong with having another opinion that you respect. <laughs> and you're like, oh, okay, I never thought of it that way. And he was just somebody that you could bounce off. And, and not only Paul Moyer talked about this, but just loyal. You know, there wasn't going to be, there wasn't something I was going to do that was going to cut our friendship off. He was going to be there for the rest of my life. And unfortunately, it, it ended way, way too soon. Yeah. Okay. And excuse me if I don't know this, but I know, I remember hearing the news. I think, Joe, you might have been the first one to tell me. Did did people know that Dory was ill, or was this uh, a big surprise? Or, you know, we mentioned he was far too young to pass, but I remember just being stunned when I heard the news. Well, it, it was sudden. He, he wasn't in great shape, but it was sudden. Um, and, and that's how I would phrase it. Um, I, I don't know. You know, it's funny. People have asked me that question. My mom was given seven months, seven years to live, and she made it six months. Mm. My, my father had cancer for 22 years, so sometimes it can be so sudden, and sometimes it can be drawn out. and And this was pretty sudden, and um, and that's I think the shock of it all. And and you know, I, I would also I, I would like to say that you know when it is sudden, you just you're just glad that everybody knows how we, we feel about each other. And Dory loved his friends, and I love Dory uh, personally. Dory uh, did so much media in this town. Um, he was part of the King crew that broadcast the 1985 Long Acres Mile. I remember that well. I was working there then. Yeah. And he worked with... He had the uh, headsets on and... Tony Ventrella, and I think Basil Fraser was part of that broadcast. And yeah, I've got a DVD of that, and, you, and you're right. He was doing interviews, uh, kind of a roving reporter type guy. Gary Bays after the race on Chum Salmon. Yeah, and uh, the King show you guys mentioned. He was a sports producer for King TV for several years before uh, him and Steve Kelly got that show. And then, of course, uh, the Cairo show, which just grew and grew and grew and involved with the Seahawks. Uh, yeah, he just uh, really, I heard after he passed that he didn't really sleep very much. And Matt, I can really believe that from all the attention he paid to all the different facets of friends and family. And and he loved sports. He, he loved to make a bet once in a while. And uh, I can see the guy probably didn't sleep much more than six hours a night. Oh, yeah, I would take the unders on that show. <laughs> and I'll tell you, it just had to be with him being prepared to the max. Not only was he involved with his wife and three girls, but he had his friends, he had his hobbies and his show. What I appreciate, Joe and Vince, is that 
you know, Joe, I produced your show way back when, the Win Place show, mm-hmm. and I started out as an overnight guy from midnight to six, and then I moved to, you know, on Saturdays I was 6 a.m. to noon, and I moved my way up, and that's what Dory did. That's why I appreciate it. It's not like he was given anything. He yeah. started at the very bottom, and then he had one of the highest uh, ranked shows, you know, in, in Seattle there at Cairo for years, and so... um that's what I appreciated that he worked. He he worked for that. It, nothing was given to him, and there's there's something to be said. So no, he was a workaholic. That's that's one thing that he he was a grinder to the max. Um, I saw that picture of him uh, interviewing Bays with uh, after the Chum Salmon victory, and and he would go. I know in college he would go down to Long Acres, and he developed his own speed figures. I don't know if everybody wants to hear this now and sure. have him not share. But but at the time, he he had a speed figure system that treated him very well, um, and that he used that quite often. And and he tried to explain it to me a little bit, and it was way over my head. Um, but while we're sitting next to each other on some I don't know the third race on the Friday at Monmouth, and he is coming so close to the supers, right? First, second, third, and fifth. And all he would ever say was, "Oh, my handicapping was right on." You know, that's all he would ever say. He wouldn't get emotional like me. I'd have to get up and walk around uh, because I'd be so frustrated. <laughs> but, yeah, he, he could handicap horses like I'd never – and I'm talking quickly. And he wasn't into necessarily like I would go, you know, win or win place. He was into pick fours uh, back east. I'd, I'd get a text on a Sunday morning at 10 that he was one leg away from the pick early pick five at Tampa. Um, but, yeah, he would – he was a grinder in life, and everybody, um, if you were a close friend, uh, lucky you, because he got you, you got a piece of it, um, because his energy was very much spread out. Yeah, you know, he, I know he told me personally, he helped put himself through college by wagering at Long Acres and hitting some good ones. And, I, I, and that's the truth. I didn't know if that, I mean, he had told me that, that he basically paid for his UW degree uh, with going to Long Acres and things. And, and I never doubted. He wasn't someone to brag or, or you know, boast big time. But no. I thought, wow, you put yourself through college through handicapping, and I could barely hit a Kentucky Derby, you know? <laughs> so, it, it's not easy to uh, so. make money gambling. And uh, Dory, if anybody could do it, it could be him and was him. Uh, yeah, just uh, – uh, your enthusiasm for his friendship of yours is coming out, Matt. Um, and Matt's a pretty likable guy. I'll say that. We got to know each other when he worked at KJR. And your career has really moved forward as well with the Seahawks and Sounders and, and soccer. So congratulations there as well. And Dory was somebody you met along the way that uh, you'll never forget. And boy, in listening to the eulogy. So many people are in that boat from the, the girls that he coached to his colleagues at Cairo to people at the church. Uh, it's just uh, a real unforgettable guy, huh? Yeah. I mean, it was a true celebration of life. Um, you know, it, it just, it's, again, we meet these, I don't want to say characters because that's not the right word, but we meet these people in our lives that you have to, in the middle of it, you have to say, all right, this person's special. This person's special and lucky me. And there was a number of people when I worked at the Seahawks that that I noticed immediately. Uh, the, the class of people, Sam Adkins, Paul Moyer, 
uh, Dave Wyman, Dory Monson, these guys that it just jumps out that you're, you know, Joe, I mean, I, and I'm being serious, meeting you way back when and then always running into you and you taking care of me and helping me at the track. You meet these people and you realize, boy, lucky me. You know, it's just lucky me um, and and make sure you keep in touch with this person because they're special. They're they're different. They have a couple qualities that, A, you wish you could have, and, B, they will be lifelong friends. And, um, you know, that's part of being a Seattleite, too. You know, I haven't moved um, kind of incorporate that. Dory was from Ballard. And so you just, you meet these people in your hometown and you just kind of glom onto each other. And I, you know, you just kind of say lucky me, but I'd also like to say thank you, Joe. And thank you, Vince, for, for helping me. And, and the idea of the Dory Monson Memorial purse, sure. it's just a small little thing that we could do. And maybe it takes off a little bit. Maybe it's a second annual next year and maybe we're raising funds in the future. I don't want to get too far ahead of myself, but Thanks to Emerald Downs and both of you to be receptive of something like this. Not only that Dory was into into horse racing and things, but just a good man. I, he was just a good man if you knew him and, and if you were affected by him like I was. You, again, I, I just think the word is lucky me. Well, we are certainly looking forward to Saturday. And by the way, I always was looking forward to you and Big Al, your father, coming out to Emerald Downs. Uh, he was uh, always... A yeah. great guy to see come around the corner as well. Yeah, he was a character. And Emerald Downs, he could let loose a little <laughs> bit because, of course, Mom was driving us both home probably. <laughs> or I was at least going to Queen Anne. She was driving my dad home. But it, it was uh, Emerald Downs was a big part of our life. We were there at least every a, a weekend a month sure. while they were both healthy. And it was um, it was a family event. And, and thanks to you, Joe, that it was just so – you just made us feel so welcome. And Joe, uh, my dad would say the same thing driving away. Boy, that Joe with he's quite a guy, isn't he, son? Every time. And I told my mom, I said, when's he going to talk big about Joe? She, she said, well, before we get to the freeway, he'll okay. say something. But, yeah, it was it, horse racing was a big part of our lives. And I carry on, not to the same degree, but it brings – I told some people from Cairo that if Dory, can Monson, Dory Monson can bring us all together at the track, I don't see people – from that life anymore. And if he can bring us all to the track, I think it's lovely. Yep. I think it's extremely fitting that he brings a, a bunch of different communities to the track uh, this Saturday. I think, I think that's just, uh, it's perfect. It's perfect. Looking forward to it. Matt stretch. Some people call him Dutch, but Matt Johnson, uh, thanks for the words on Dory Monson. And uh, we'll be doing this again on Saturday here at Emerald Downs. Thanks so much for having me on, guys. I'll see you again, Joe. I'll see you Saturday. Yep, you bet. Matt Johnson joining us uh, close to Dory for uh, a lot of years through the Seahawks radio, TV. And, you know, we didn't see Dory that much out at Emerald Downs in recent years. But, you know, um, you could bet on your phone. And uh, yeah. <laughs> I saw him a few times. He, yeah. was, he was still aware of what was going on. You know, Matt Johnson, I, I don't know him nearly as well as you do, Joe. What a nice fella. And uh, um, you could hear the, uh, oh, the you know, the strong feelings uh, he had for Dory. And, and I echo, uh, Matt, you've arranged this thing that I think it's great that we're having this uh, remembrance on Saturday. Yeah, looking forward to it. Dory Monson Memorial Purse will be race number three on Saturday here at Emerald Downs. Okay, well, uh, 
We've got a couple more things to do here. Sports shorts, selections, trivia. Uh, sports shorts for this week. What do you got, Vince? Uh, well, I'll do a little postmortem on the uh, Seattle Kraken. Okay. Uh, very nice uh, second season, you know. Uh, make it uh, through one round, upend up the defending champs, and take Dallas to the absolute wall in a really good uh, seven-game series in I hear a lot of this, you know, well, it's it's too bad they're out, but boy, you know, this, the future is so great. And while that's true, you know, there's one thing I learned about sports. You got to strike while the iron's yeah. hot. And they were clicking and things were going good. Let's look at Boston or Tampa or Toronto. It's hard. And Boston has a record-setting year. They're out, you know, just like that. So, you know, I, I think the future is bright. They got some good young up, upcoming players, and it was a tremendous season. But boy, it's disappointing to get so close. And then, because uh, I really think they could have given Vegas a real nice battle there. And then, uh, you know, they would have been underdogs again. Uh, but, uh, you know, I, I, no knocks. They laid it all out there on the ice. They, 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 gave, they gave it their absolute best shot. So, but it's just a shame because it's, it's hard to get that far. Winning the Stanley Cup, you got to win 16 games, and even winning seven is a is a is a heck of achievement. And they're a fairly young team, right? They are, yeah, yeah. Uh, but you know, um, you never take success for granted. Yeah, and a, they had a good thing clicking there. You know, maybe next year the injuries pile up. You know, they had Burakovsky. <laughs> I think if they have him, he might push him over the top in the playoffs. But yeah, the future's bright. Good job by Dave Haxtall, the coach, Ron Francis, the general manager. I hear Jay Leach, one of their top assistants, uh, is getting interviewed for the New York Rangers uh, position. So uh, that would be a big blow to Seattle, but well-deserved on his end. Okay. Bill? Well, the Mariners are kind of toiling uh, around 500. Uh, they lost uh, yesterday against Boston. It was like the wind was incredible. Um but now they have a day off. They got to play the Braves this weekend, which is no easy task. But then they finally come home. They got four games uh, against the uh, lovely Oakland Athletics, which they need to win three of four there. Then they play the, uh, the team that I'm familiar with, the Pittsburgh Pirates, for three. Ah. Yeah. And then uh, then after that, the, 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 the vaunted New York Yankees come to town. So... Uh, Vince and I will be uh, attending the game uh, a week from Tuesday. Is that the Pirate game? No, the Yankee, Yankee. game. Okay. Yes, yes. Um, the Pirates, uh, I we race on okay. you know, Saturday and Sunday, so make it tough to get back over there in time. But uh, I'll be attending a couple games, the uh, Athletics, uh, next week as well. So they've got pitching. I mean, they they've – that that's not the problem. Now, last night it was a bit of a problem because Marco Gonzalez didn't have his A game or anything close to it. But uh, you know the Mariners are, you know, it's, you know, get Julio going, and, and then you know the rest will come. I think. But uh, the good news is the division has not gotten out of hand. The Astros are not playing that great either, even though they had a great comeback win against the Cubs last night. Um, but uh, I still think things are are, are okay. Uh, in Mariner land, and uh, we'll see how they do. You know who's pitching tomorrow night against the Braves? Yes. Bryce Miller. Bryce. 2-0 and with an 0.47 ERA, wow. setting all kinds of records for fastest this or fewest allowed that. And uh, just watching him, I, I think, you know, he's not going to be able to maintain this pace, but, boy, he's got some serious high heat, and, uh, and he throws strikes. He doesn't walk anybody. And, yeah. And, oh, wow. you know, his off-speed stuff is okay. It's good. 
I wouldn't say it's as good, you know, his fastball is his bread and butter, but boy, you know, it looks that between him, Kirby, and Logan Gilbert, that's three pretty live young arms. Yeah. It's Where just was he last year? Uh, Miller? Miners. Double A? Double okay. A, yeah. Double A, huh? Wow. Yeah, but the, he skipped the triple when they had, when uh, Robbie Ray went out and they need, and then someone, who else was it, uh, missed the turn and... Um, might have been when Marco missed a turn. With Flexen. Flexen, yeah. Awful, and so. they brought him up, and he's been lights out. But now going against the Braves tomorrow night in Atlanta, that'll be a little bit of a test. So yeah. it'll be interesting. Yeah, that'll be a big test. And then on top of it, it you know, they're not going to pitch him that much. They're they're thinking long. You know, they don't That's let, right. They don't let uh, rookies pitch 200 innings these days anymore. No, you're so. right. Uh, he's, a, he's always on a pitch count, and, you know, it's best that he is re- relied on as a – a fourth or fifth starter, not a third starter, if you will. And I think that'll be the case. Um, but, uh, yeah, he's he's a bright, bright prospect for, for the Yankees. I hope he's pitching the night we go yeah, you know, well, against the Yankees. That would be kind of fun. Yeah. I'm, okay. hoping, I'm hoping it's Logan, of course. I'm a big Logan guy. And Logan, you know, that you saw his best start of the year a couple back. He had a no-hitter going through. He, you know, the, the guy never gets any run support. No. It's one of those oh, guys. Oh, he's the guy that uh, had the perfect. Yeah, first yeah. four innings or something. First, first six. six. Six I was innings. at the game. Wow. I was at the game. And then, I, then I had to tweet it out, and, of course, the next half inning, he lost <laughs> it. <so>. Nice, <laughs> nice work. <laughs> but what am I going to do? I have a perfect game going. I have to mention it. Okay. All right. Well, uh, my sport short, uh, the Preakness, um, the last four Kentucky Derby winners did not run in the Preakness. Well, okay, I'm going to take a that back. Did not run in the Derby. Uh, Authentic did run in the Preakness, which was actually after the Derby. That's right. In the yeah. COVID year of 2020. So. That's like that's like a anomaly that. Year. Okay. So okay. What's, that what's out, the stat again here? Right. One well, more time. La- okay. Authentic did run in the Preakness, but you said the last four but, Derby winners have not run in the Preakness. Yeah, they didn't run. Mandaloon got DQ'd into first. He didn't run. Country House didn't. That was his last career race in 2019. He got DQ'd into first. He didn't run in the Preakness. And then Rich Strike didn't run in the Preakness last year. Yeah, okay. So the previous uh, 22 Preakness stakes, 11 times the Derby winner won the race. And that's exactly what Naira is hoping for on Saturday, right? So 11 out of 22. Uh, from 1997 Silver Charm up to 2018 Justify, 11 times the Derby winner. And won, not just ran in it, but won the Preakness. But until American Pharaoh came along in 2015, yeah. none of them won. That's right. They won the Derby, they won the Preakness, and then for whatever reason, couldn't get it so in the So what I did there is I just threw out a, some... and Bill didn't like some it. Some different data there. I mean, <laughs> it was... Uh, it. It's, you know, anyway... The Derby winner did really, really well in the Preakness for a long time, and it's just kind of funny that uh, uh, with circumstances, it hasn't been a yeah, Derby yeah. winner to the Preakness in Well, usually years. It's, it's slam dunk because this year, you're the only horse that has a chance yeah. at the Triple Crown. And this so. year, that's the only one going. Mage yeah. is the only one. Okay. All right, how about some selections? Uh, I'm going to go to that eighth race on Saturday. And, uh, you know, Fantastic Day is going to be my top pick in there. Uh, he's been a little dull in Arizona off a bit of a break from Emerald Downs. He did win his final start here last year. And he did win fresh here last year off about, what, a uh, 
uh, about a five-month layoff, four and a half, and he came out of a race at Turf Paradise in January where he was unplaced as a favorite, got a couple months off, and won at Emerald Downs. Um, he's only had about five weeks off this time, but he's just been a really impressive horse, especially here, five for 12. Uh, you know, sluiced his whiz, beat him a couple of times last year, not by all that much. Uh, big field, should be a pace. Uh, Montalvo for George Rosales. Uh, I see six to one on your guys' morning line. Uh, I'll go fantastic day in that eighth race. Bill? I'm going to go with Clayton Delaney in that eighth race for Jeff Metz. Uh, Same ownership. I looked that up. Sometimes you get to, you know, piece it together to see if it was some sort of private sale. Yeah, so I like that it's the same ownership. Um, That race at uh, Sunray Park, uh, he lost to Bye Bye Bobby. Hell of a horse. Heck of a horse. I was second in the Sunland Park Derby as a three-year-old in 2022, just to give you some context. And the the form is kind of clouded up a little bit. You got some turf races, and he's done all okay on the turf, but he's got some route race. I always like to look at what, what we're doing on the, on an afternoon. In those dirt sprint races, you know, a couple of really tough races at Sunray and, and, and Sunland Park. And you go back to a race at Los Alamitos, July of, of 2022, was it before that his last dirt sprint before those two stakes races. And then he actually has won at the distance of five and a half furlongs. He broke the maiden at Los Al back in 2020. So, you know, if there's enough pace, and I, I was glad when Joe thought that there would be uh, in this race, uh, Clayton Delaney is going to come from off the pace, just like fantastic day. So and you get Louis Negron aboard for Mets. So I'll go with uh, Clayton Delaney in the eighth race. I think there's going to be plenty of pace in that race yeah, myself. Yeah. So. And I see this bye-bye Bobby. I don't really, not familiar with that horse, but he's been in both of the last two races yeah, and, that Clayton and, Delaney's And been. the other horse, so what was the race before that, Clayton Delaney? Uh, who won that one? Dean's List. Yeah. That's another serious race horse. I, I looked up those and uh, he oh. held, held his own against those. hundred grander, $75,000 race. So yeah, yeah, not easy race. Clayton okay. Delaney, yeah. What'd you in, make him on the morning I think line? seven to two. Seven to two? Interesting okay. newcomer to the track. And uh, I agree with bill a lot on that my only concern would be he's going to need a trip and it, that that's a very uh cool race to kind of handicap yeah that's a great race uh 11 horses at emerald downs in that one i think it's 11 isn't it yep it yep. is going five and a half furlongs that's the eighth of nine we have nine races both saturday and sunday at emerald downs teacher appreciation weekend tell all your School district employee friends, uh, they get free admission and a guest as well, both Saturday and Sunday here at the track. Okay. Uh, Last week's trivia was, who's the only Emerald Downs seasonal leading stakes jockey that wasn't based here? And uh, Bill Huback got that answer, and he didn't really research it. He just kind of knows Emerald Downs history. Chris Loseth won six stakes in our inaugural season of 1996, four of them on Name for Norm, who was our first horse of the meeting. And Chris Loseth, the Hall of Fame writer in Canada, two-time Sovereign Award winner. Yeah, Chris was the only leading stakes jockey, single season, that wasn't based here. And Bill gets a prize. Send your answers to trivia at emeralddowns.com. And Bill uh, said he likes the more obscure questions. Because, you know, that makes you think. So I gave him another. This is another obscure one, fellas. Uh, For a horse that's five years of age or older, 
which Washington bred of five and up had the greatest single season earnings season? Single earnings season. Five years old or older of all the Washington breads in all the history of Washington racing. Who has the most money in one season at that age or older? Okay, send your answers to trivia at emeralddowns.com. Thanks to Candy Kreiderman and Matt Johnson for joining us. Yep, the Dory Monson Memorial Purse on Saturday, Teacher Appreciation Weekend, Dancing at the Downs Saturday night as well, and the Preakness on Saturday too. So, guys, thank you. And we will go on to the races this weekend at Emerald Downs. This is Horse Racing Northwest. <laughs>